from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline now from New York, Game Theory on HBO, new episode tonight, Right Time is a podcast. He's Bomani Jones. Bomani, what's going on, man? Um, I, I, I guess, I guess the pressure of the season has snuck up t- on the Tar Heels with, uh, with a, just over a week to go in the regular season. Yeah, I don't think the pressure snuck up. You just said what snuck up the last week of the season, right? <laughs> they just looked up and they're like, "Yo, I have so many papers to write. <laughs> How am I going to? I haven't been to the library in three months. How am I going to get this all done in a week? Except ain't no phone call, ain't no email, ain't nothing your mama can do about this one. You're just gonna go out there and play play them games and get your ass whooped. That's look, it. Look, man, and Bomani Jones joining us here on the OG. Uh, It was after the Miami loss a couple weeks ago where Armando Baycott was asked, you know, you're worried about missing the NCAA tournament. And he said, 100%, I am worried about the missing the NCAA. Armando gets it. Like, Armando doesn't want to go out of of UNC like this, right? And Hubert Hubert Davis has been, like, oddly detached from reality over the last couple of weeks. Like, I'm no, I have faith in this team. I'm like, what would give you the faith (laughs) that this team can do it? Dude, that power of positive thinking I, stuff, man. A lot of people subscribe to that, right? He's got faith that they can win. I guess I don't know what it takes, like seven games now to win the ACC tournament. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like maybe he maybe he believes that that is what's going to happen. But, I mean, we've seen them have a similar season under similar circumstances, and that was in 2010. Mm-hmm. But the difference was when that team was healthy, it was actually really good. Um, this team just doesn't seem to be good. Is there is there any hope for this team? I mean, you've you've seen a play. Is there any hope that you know everyone points to last year and says, "Oh, well, they, you know, they did it last year. They came off the bubble and made it to the final four, made it to the nah, final game." Nah, 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 <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Like, like, I mean, unless that's just your mo, right? Yeah. Like, and I went to school with people who could pull this off, right? Get all the papers written. Yep. This this, this happens sometimes, and you know. People got guesses, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People got assumptions. Yeah. And those things do happen in ruined basketball teams. Yes. Not saying that's what's happening with this basketball team, but that happens with grown-ups, let alone with the kids. Bomani Jones, ESPN Right Time is a podcast, Game Theory, HBO, new episode tonight. Uh, one, one more thing that I wanted to talk about before we actually get into something I've been looking forward to chatting with you about from last week's episode related to overtime elite and how young people watch um, sports these days. You're in New York now. Mm-hmm. And New York is the is the land of super rich people with weirdo behavior. Okay. And I know, I know you're making a heck of a lot more money now than you did when you were working here. I mean, <laughs> all I gotta do is go to the newspaper and see how much more, how much money you're making. It's all good. And I'm, and, and you know me, I'm really happy for you. But, yeah, sure sounds like it. <laughs> Come on now, Bumani. <laughs> but what I worried about is that has the money made you do some weirdo behavior like, I don't know, go into a hobbit-like 
three hundred square foot <laughs> darkness retreat to find yourself. You haven't you haven't done any of that, have you? No, I've, as I've been saying, I have done a darkness retreat before, but it was for the opposite reason of being rich. <laughs> they, just, they just cut the lights off. They just decided that uh, until I got that money over there, I was going to be doing a darkness retreat. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I didn't have time to find myself. I was trying to find the money to pay my lights. Uh, yeah, that that's not Aaron Rodgers. I actually talked to somebody who had some familiarity with that class of rich people. And what the woman says is between like 100 million and a billion, they're all terrible people. They're pretty cool below and above those numbers. But that is the space where people just do really weird stuff and treat people really badly is in there. And I imagine that Aaron Rodgers has stacked up $100 million. And I say that because this dude wants me to believe that he got to go in the dark to decide if he wants to take his 60 guaranteed millions of dollars. You You can only do that if you got a hundred. I think he just likes the attention. You talk about that one hundred oh, yeah. million to a billion. I mean, there, we we know Look. of a billionaire who wants to make sure that you see his tweets, and if you don't, <laughs> somebody's getting fired. All right? Yeah, but but let's be clear about this with Aaron Rodgers. And I hate the smug self satisfaction that he brings with his steez. And I imagine that some of you find that to be an ironic statement coming from me. <laughs> and the truth is, all you guys a are jerks, and b. Every single one of you would acknowledge that I'm a lot smarter than Aaron Rodgers. Now, that's not to say that Aaron Rodgers is not smart, because occasionally he does say some things about this world and this media culture that we're in that there's something to, right? Like, he's not wrong all the time. The stuff that he's wrong about, he just seems to be so insanely wrong when it comes up. But he's just smart enough, Mm. just smart enough to think that he is outsmarted everybody else. And that's the problem that I got with you. Yeah. Well, you know, the Panthers would love to trade for him. I, that, <laughs> I, the yeah. Jets would love to trade for him. Can you, oh, I mean, but, 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 but this is the question about trading for him. It's just like, what is the time discount that you put on this? Because I feel like you can only reasonably assume that you're going to get one good year out of him. Yeah, um, maybe. The, the way that draft capital flies around for quarterbacks now the Packers probably aren't parting with him for fewer than ter- two first-round picks. Are you really giving up two first-round picks to roll the dice on that weirdo no. um, coming through for you for this one season, coming off the worst season of his career? Right? Like, we already had a situation where his play dipped off and he brought it back. Are we sure that's going to happen twice? I just want to see him in New York one way or the other because it gets back to how we started this conversation. Rich dudes with weirdo behavior being in New York, you'll find his people, man. Yeah, yeah. But see, this this is the thing about him coming to New York. He's coming, according to the theories that we got out here, would be coming to the Jets. Yes. And the problem with coming to the Jets is the Jets are perceived here as the screw-up organization. Now, not like the Giants have been much better over the last right. 10 years. The same That's team. the way it's treated, yeah. right? So, so when Aaron Rodgers does ridiculous things, it's going to get treated and covered differently with the Jets than it would be with the Giants. I'm just saying that like yeah. people assume a credibility of the Green Bay Packers that they do not assume of the Jets. So if he's out here talking weird and they losing, especially since they're literally a quarterback away, yeah. oh, man, you, you say it'll be great. I don't want to live here. <laughs> Bomani Jones, ESPN Right Time is a podcast, HBO Game Theory, which is what I wanted to talk about with you today. Because last week, 
I, 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 I guess without knowing it, was leading into what you were going to talk about on Game Theory related to young people watching sports and how it's consumed today. So I watched, I watched the episode over the weekend, and I feel like the All-Star Game gave you the exact ammunition you were looking for. <laughs> um, it was the lowest-rated All-Star Game in recent memory. However, NBA Communications tweeted this out after the All-Star Game. Most viewed Instagram account... Most viewed brand account on Twitter, most viewed ever on the NBA app, most viewed slam dunk ever, which gets to Matt McClung, who uh, or Mac McClung. I don't even know the guy's name. I just know he's a inf- Matt. He's he's a, he's an influence, right? Jillio joked with me. He's like, you ever heard of that guy? I'm like, yeah. Come on. As extremely online as I am, I know who that dude is. But I feel like this was the perfect example of what's going on with the NBA right now. Nobody's actually watching it. But we're engaging with it. Brian, you even said this. Like, you don't watch NBA games. But what do you do? I listen to the podcast because I want to hear all the trade talk. So how do you the, – the problem is you make money by people watching it live on television. Right. How do you monetize this other stuff? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just have so much I don't know. But I, I do think that – even if you are the biggest advocate for any notion of player empowerment and everything else, right? You do have to acknowledge having guys play some time in college and then come into the NBA was much better for the product. And it was better for the product just in terms of familiarity. Yeah. I don't know who anybody is. Like, they're about to have a draft. It's going to be Big Vic and that Scoot Henderson dude and a bunch of dudes that I personally have never heard of. <laughs> well, like, well, hold on, hold on. My fault. I've heard of Brandon Miller now. Okay. <laughs> now so, uh, Ooh, it's, it, yeah. hey, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't up <laughs> no, on him before. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm up on game now. All I'm right. up on game. I'm All up right. on game now. Right. Um, but, no, they've – what's wild about it is the basketball is really good, and it's the basketball that everybody begged for, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they did everything to give people the basketball – that they ultimately wanted. I think that LeBron James sticking around too long has been a problem. And I also think it's worth noting for that all-star game that both of the captains couldn't play in the second half because they were hurt. (laughs) And it's all late city all-star game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know what to make of this, but I do think the NBA has some really troubling trends with their television. There's no way around that. But does it say something that, and I know he's really good, but a seven-four French guy is more well known than anybody in college basketball? Well, well, the 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 seven-foot French guy, we've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, he's like, a, he's, like a, he's a unicorn at this point. Come on, I mean, now. I, mean I, I, get it, but, James, you know, I mean, LeBron James was more famous than Carmelo Anthony in two thousand three. Yeah. You sure. know, like, 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 but the fact is, that you can't name anyone in college basketball, and and we can't no. either, really. Well, the reason I can't is like it's kind of wild. It doesn't come up at my job ever. No, you know what I mean. Like, like, there's no time that if even if I were still doing daily television, right, which I don't, college basketball doesn't come up. When you look at the numbers, like at websites and stuff like that, that do this, the college basketball nationally just doesn't do the numbers. Um, what's interesting is that the women's game now has what the men's game used to have, which is they could reasonably say that these are the best players in the world under 22. Yes. They got familiarity. People know who the players are. I could name some 
women's NCAA players for you. We've I seen can't it here. Really do it with men's. We've seen it here. You know, and Julio's made this point. If you long for the old days of the ACC, just watch women's basketball because the players have stuck around. There's heat in the rivalries with NC State and Carolina, NC State and Duke, etc. Uh, which doesn't really play off uh, on the men's side of this because nobody sticks around. So, but I, I wanted to get back to the NBA, and I don't think they're alone. I, I feel like my theory is that the NBA understands where these things are headed. Okay, Major League Baseball doesn't, college athletics doesn't, and the NBA is at least attempting to. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. Stay engaged with its audience, and maybe they'll understand how to make money later. These are all problems that every other league is going to have to deal with right now, as the one remaining entity that actually is huge enough to command that kind of money is the NFL, and to a certain extent, Big Ten and SEC football. So maybe the NBA has an advantage understanding and being extremely online. But it gets back to the central premise. How do you make money? I can put all these radio clips on YouTube, and it can get thousands of views. But what is it that we have to sell? The ratings on the radio show, regardless of how you feel about radio as an entity, that's still what ultimately pays the bills. And I don't have answers, man. Yeah, no, like I can pull back the curtain a little bit for people. And, Joe, you can tell people about this. Yeah. I was a little bit of a pioneer in the idea of we should put this content on the Internet. Yes. Right? Yes. And the argument that always came up, and I understood it. I had a disagreement with the argument was, yeah, but we can't make no money off of that, mm-hmm. right? It was just all funneling. You want to funnel people to the money thing. So my buddy Nick Wright talks about some dude in Kansas City. I don't know who it is. But, you know, like one of your standard morning radio show hosts yeah. been there forever. Yeah. Doesn't put a bit or a bite of content on the Internet at all. Yeah. Come come over here where we get this money. <laughs> that's 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 what he's going for. And so... The NBA, though, I think the bigger problem and where they have to worry is what happens if a new generation doesn't actually consume the sport itself? Yeah. Like, it's going to be hard for them to have any real, like, brand identity or, like, loyalty to what it is that you're doing if all they want is five-second clips. Bomani Jones, ESPN. Right Time is the podcast. HBO, Game Theory tonight. Uh, what what can we ex- Oh, not tonight. Not, not oh, not tonight? tonight? Not tonight. We are we are in a working dark week. Um, cause let me tell you something, brother. And Joe, you can vouch for this. I once did a year of radio where I did fifty out of fifty two Saturdays. I was doing a summer where I was doing two shows in a day. Mm-hmm. I was doing Man, let me tell you something. They told us we ain't have to do no show this week. I ain't never been looking. Like, and it wasn't even like a full week off. Like, we were still doing other stuff. I don't know if I'm getting old or what. But I was like, oh, yeah, a break. That sounds phenomenal. Just to be clear, a working dark week is different than what Aaron Rodgers did. Yeah, I don't think he was in there breaking down. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't get that feeling. 
As I approach 44, Bo, maybe one of these days I'll know what that's like. I don't know. I'm still doing yeah, this. Yeah, you, you still out here doing these hours of radio a day. Oh, I, the, man. Hey, I don't know. Maybe it's like me and Gold feed off of it. Like, Jillio gets super sleepy. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to go to four games tomorrow, right? Because there's <laughs> uh, the, all three local schools are playing basketball and the Hurricanes are playing. So Luke DeCock and the News and Observer and I are like, hey, let's see how many minutes of actual game time we can watch by going to all these games. I brought this up to Jillio, who's like, Absolutely not. I'm tired thinking about it. <laughs> Ties these sleepy pants all the time. Now, I've never done partner radio, so like maybe that's a little different. Like maybe that can get you a little charged up. But I remember when I when I stopped doing them three hours a day of radio and decided I wanted to go do a podcast, I had no idea what a great I like that, that's the best idea <laughs> I've ever had. Well, maybe maybe you need to talk to Jillio because I, sometimes I do have those moments where it's like, "Hey, man, great Monday show!" And I always refer, I always tell him, "Guess what we get to do tomorrow?" <laughs> and we get to talk about the same stuff and make it sound exciting. <laughs> I got no problems though, man. I got no problems. All right, Bo, we'll talk to you next week. All right, man. You guys take it easy.